Nikki Haley is not doing it the New Hampshire way. Hi, my name is Kim Mitchell, and this is Into Tussle. I'm a 15-year-old political and historical enthusiast from New Hampshire, the first nation primary state where all the presidential candidates come to deliver their message to hopefully uh, secure the nomination for the presidency. And this week, I really want to talk about Nikki Haley. She's been riding off all this momentum from the debates, from Governor Sununu's endorsement, who's very popular here in New Hampshire, um, and she seems to be the clear front runner, the clear opposition to Donald Trump possibly not getting the nomination. And I've been going to her town halls for a little while now, and I've really gotten this unique perspective that you only get from attending her on the ground, seeing her up close, watching carefully, rather than you would get through looking at her through a television. And I really want to share that with you guys today. In this episode, I'm going to be talking a lot about New Hampshire traditions, what it means to be do it the New Hampshire way. So let's just start off with that. Doing it the New Hampshire way means, you know, hosting town halls where you're forced to, you've literally forced to deal with questionnaires, you're forced to take our questions, uh, you're basically forced to meet us, to hear us out, you're forced to uh, meet the voters where we are. Uh, but question and answers is really crucial to understand the New Hampshire way. Open forum events where anybody, anywhere, can go up and ask a politician the question. And this could be range from somebody asking the same question they've asked for 20 years about potholes or, you know, social security, or it could be a first time voter or even a nine year old asking the questions that are on their mind and question and answers in town halls ensures accountability and transpa transparency and power. Uh, that's really important. So that's sort of a quick rundown of what the New Hampshire way is and what it means to, you know, do the New Hampshire traditions. Know, taking questions and meeting with voters um, and hearing them out basically so to start it off i'm just gonna say nikki haley is not comfortable with the new hampshire way this is very evident um she doesn't like or doesn't take tough questions um i've heard people say that basically people have been prodded forward to ask questions or um or being picked to ask specific questions by the staff i've heard that She's very scripted, extremely scripted. If you hear her the first time, her stump speech is going to be really good. You're going to come out of impressed. If you hear it the second time, it's going to be literally word by word, the same thing every time. And that's, it. that's you know, been the way it's been for eight months. I went to her first town hall in February. She first started off, just like a week or so after she announced. Comparing to her stump speech now, except for a few minor details, it, it quite literally has not changed. So just getting that out there she sticks very closely to her talking points the reason a few weeks ago is she she had such a bad week um that's because new hampshire questionnaires showed up and specifically the question of the civil war was so specific and it wasn't correlated to her talking points that she was stumped she didn't know what to say she desperately tried to cling on to the talking points her staffers gave her that's the about nikki haley if you ask her a question she's gonna stick to her talking points you know she, whatever staff gave her, she's sticking to it, and that's something I've noticed. Um, another thing, her staffers have thought they could try to exert outside control in her events, um, and th they've enjoyed. They've had the privilege of enjoying this control in a forum, 
but that doesn't work in New Hampshire. We're going to show up and we're going to hold the microphone literally and metaphorically. You know, Nikki Haley staffers don't let you hold the microphone if you want to ask a question. So the, And the staff shields her. Uh, this comes from personal experience too, which I'll get into later. And another thing is she just doesn't talk to the press at all. And her defense for that is that the press are a gateway to the voters and she talks to the voters. But she doesn't really talk to the voters that much either, based on what I've noticed. Um, she doesn't like taking questions. She um, she says she'll take questions afterwards, but if it's a hard question, she just won't do it, right? I've noticed. So let's get into my personal experience. Okay. And I've been attending Haley Town Halls. I think I've attended four, uh, once in February, uh, actually maybe five at this point, once in February, once in May, once in uh, November, once in, two times in December. So February, I just went to go see her. You know, I heard her stump speech, pretty much the same thing. May I ask her a question? That was the only time I ever asked her a question. It's just a simple question. Um, she answered it pretty well. Nothing really came out of it. And it was a pretty bad question. You know, I hadn't been that developed in my questions then. So I was still working on it. Um, four months later, and this is my last three events. The quick rundown is she doesn't pick me in the audience because, as Chris Kirstie says, you know, some politicians consider me a pain in the ass for my questions. Uh, so, you know, why take unnecessary questions, right? So she doesn't pick me in the audience. Um, and her campaign says she takes each and every question. She, after this, after this, like the slavery gaffe, um, she was saying on the New Hampshire radio that she takes each and every question always. So, and her campaign says, and her pre-speakers have said, if you don't get to ask your question in the, uh, in the Q&A, then go up to her afterwards and ask it in the photo line. And I've done that three times. And the first time, and this is, this is the one time it was caught on video, right? And it was shared on Twitter. And you can just view that through my profile. So, the first time... I went up to her and I was like, you know, okay, I didn't get picked. No big deal. You know, I'll just ask her a quick question. She can give whatever answer she wants to be and I'll be on my way, right? Um, I went up to her and I was like, you know, Ambassador, I heard your pre-speak. I heard, uh, I was wondering if I could ask you a question. And her staff just kind of said, no questions, no questions, no questions. And I said, Ambassador, you know, I, I, your pre-speaker said we could ask questions after her. Can I just give you a really quick question? She was like, okay, you know, ask it. Uh, then I asked her if she thought Trump was a threat to democracy. She just looked at me. She said, you know, ask your questions in the audience like anybody else. And our staff are just saying the whole time, no question, no question, no question. So that experience is very unlike what I've heard her campaign say about how she conducts herself around questions. Very unlike, very unlike it. And the second time, and this is where it gets, um, it's basically the last two times, it's about um, three times as more intense as that, as that video was. Um, three to- uh, The last two times I was screamed at, uh, and were buffed and basically prodded along. <laughs> so the second time I tried to go up to her, I didn't even get my question out um, because the staff just um, basically screamed at me, no question, no question, no question. I was like, okay, I, you know, there's people, other people want to meet her. I'm just going to be on my way. But third time, um, went up to her and I didn't get like two words out before they started streaming up in my face, no question, no question, no question. So I was like, okay, so I just continued calmly. 
I was like, Ambassador, the first thing I said was Ambassador, I heard, after Ambassador, I heard, I was screamed at, Ambassador, I heard on the radio, he said that you took each and every question, and I said, so here's a question for you, would you sign a 15-day abortion ban? And at that point, I got enclosed by this, you know, circle of staffers, and, you know, the funny thing is, is before I went up, the staffer asked me, I gave her my camera, because they have to, they basically, you know, they take, they take your camera before you go up to her, and the staffer asked me, you better not have another camera on you. And I said, I don't have a GoPro. I don't, don't worry, I don't have a GoPro. That's not how I, um, that's not who I am. And she said, okay. So, screamed at, rebuffed. And the conclusion of that is, in, in the end, those experiences don't really matter. And the staff thinks by rebuffing me specifically, that's going to help her anyway absolutely not because at the end of the day it's new hampshire and new hampshire voters show up this goes to the larger theme of her thinking her staff thinking and, and possibly the ambassador thinking that they can control the environment they can limit the questions so she can confidently stick with her talking points right but like it or not new hampshire voters are going to show up they are going to want to hold the microphone literally and metaphorically we have great expectations the reason her campaign had such a bad week from those questions is because for eight months, she's been shielding herself from tough questions. Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy, they don't have, they haven't had a single problem the past two months with questions. You know why? Because they haven't been shielding themselves. So the ambassador is going to get stumped by questions like, what was the cause of the civil war? Possibly questions around Trump, um, even a nine-year-old, because they've been shielding her. So, you know, that's what I've noticed, and I thought this was really important to share today because this is just such a unique perspective. Um, and one more thing I want to talk about is I am very confused on why Governor Sununu endorsed Haley because this is a guy who basically for every candidate, he so basically when all the candidates come through, he's basically running through some choices. Um it was basically coming down to Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis, right? So before each person comes, he talk about how much they value New Hampshire traditions and how they think it's you know, fundamental. So to endorse someone like Haley, who obviously doesn't value New Hampshire traditions and doesn't follow them, confuses me a bit. Uh, could he be seeking a vice presidential position? Could this be power? Could this be play? Um, and this could also be who he thought would be the best shot for Donald Trump. He could just throw in the traditions out. Maybe he just really wanted to defeat Donald Trump. But let me tell you something. Been to these town halls. I see him in person. Whenever the topic of Nikki Haley being stumped by a question or dodging questions comes up, he's extremely uncomfortable. It's very evident by his body language. So I'm confused why he endorsed Haley. Because if he really valued New Hampshire traditions, he might have gone with somebody else. Um... <laughs> And one thing I've noticed, too, is Haley is having the same problems that DeSantis had with answering questions, but except DeSantis had those problems in June and July and August throughout the summer. Then he sort of reformed himself in some matter. He still isn't the best, but it's a lot better than it used to be. But Haley getting stumped by these questions two or three weeks before the primary is about the least possible. It's... Um, very bad for a campaign to be stumped by these questions two to three weeks before the primary. So, you know, that's my conclusion. That's my conclusion. And this is the unique perspective I want to share today. Um, I hope you guys have a great day. And I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.